Welcome to the Red Words Podcast, where we pursue a personal relationship with God the Father and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Join us weekly as we deep dive into the dynamic and oftentimes curious Holy Spirit-inspired book of God's Word. The vast difference between natural and demonic events are contrasted in Revelation chapter 9 when God gives the keys of hell to Satan and he releases two demonic armies who torture and kill anyone who is not sealed with the mark of the living God. It gets so bad that after the sixth trumpet judgment, half the world's population is dead. Here is Revelation chapter 9 verse 1. Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen to earth from heaven, and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. We learned in the last episode that scripture refers to God's angels as bright morning stars. But normally, God's created beings do not fall to earth like Satan did. To expound further when Satan pridefully told the Lord God Almighty that he would become God, The Lord clipped his wings and threw him out of heaven. Satan left his first habitat and landed on earth, where he desired earth as his own. To achieve that ownership, he had to dethrone God's highest creation, Adam. When Satan succeeded in deceiving the original couple, he gained complete control of earth, and he's been the god of this planet ever since, wrecking havoc for millennia. He has ownership control over the weather, disasters, tragedies, terrorism, war, famine, disease, corruption, death. Anything evil is Satan's doing. Along with this kingship, Satan also controls humanity through lies and deceptions and sin-filled temptations at every turn, doing anything he can to separate mankind from their loving creator. One of the things Satan did was to convince the Jewish Pharisees, Sadducees, and high priests to have the Lord Jesus Christ crucified. Satan thought he had succeeded in killing his arch enemy, the Son of God. But the Lord God Almighty and his Son had other plans that Satan wasn't aware of. And this is always the case, because Satan is a created being, and he can never know what is on God's mind. Nor can he ever rise above God the Father or his Son, no matter how many times he boasts that he's going to do this very thing. The best Satan can do is pretend to be a god. But unfortunately, he is powerful enough to manipulate people against God. He's always done this, and he always will, right up until the very end. Now, During the three days Jesus lay in the tomb while Satan was celebrating his mistaken victory, Jesus went down into hell and took back two very important keys. One is the key to death, and the other is the key to hell itself. With these keys in hand, Jesus exited hell and took with him all of his saints who died prior to his death. This multitude rose up out of that place, and Jesus took them to heaven, where they've been ever since. Then the Son of God resurrected and remained on earth another forty days, teaching and healing and loving his people until Father God brought him up to heaven to sit at his right hand until the timing of the harpazo.
At the Harpazo, the Lord God Almighty will remove the deed to earth from Satan and hand it over to his son. And thus the tribulation will begin, as previous Revelation episodes explain. Before we continue, we need a better understanding of this place called hell, or Hades, because scripture tells us there are different compartments within this place. Also understand that hell is where dead souls go, whereas a grave or a tomb, often called Sheol, is the physical place where a dead body is lain. Hades has within it a burning section reserved for rebellious mankind, and there is another part next to it that does not burn. Between these two sections is a very wide and deep chasm that occupants from either side cannot cross. The opposite side of the chasm is called paradise, or Abraham's bosom, and prior to the Lord Jesus Christ's crucifixion, was occupied by the Lord's saints while they awaited his rescue into heaven. It is each person's earthly decision to choose Jesus as Savior or not, and that determines to which side a person is placed. Also within hell, but far below the above-mentioned compartments, is the bottomless pit, and it is called the Abuso. This pit is reserved for demonic beings. Those in the Abuso are in a constant state of freefall, expecting to hit bottom at any moment, and it is torturously hot there as well. We learn more about the Abuso in the New Testament when Jesus asked the demonic who occupied a man's body who he was. The demon replied, the legions, and they begged Jesus not to send them into the Abuso before it was their time. The last compartment is called Tartarus. It is utter blackness and roasting hot and it is set apart specifically for the fallen angels who left heaven with Satan when he fell. God chained these fallen angels there to protect the occupants of earth from their destructiveness. There is also a completely separate place called the Lake of Fire, where the Antichrist, his false prophet, and residents from hell will be thrown. We learn more about these events later. Okay. Revelation chapter 9 continues when the Lord God Almighty temporarily gives hell's key back to Satan and he opens the abuso, as we read in verses 2 through 6. He opened the bottomless pit, and smoke went up out of the pit, like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke came locusts, and they descended upon the earth and power was given them to sting like scorpions. They were told not to harm the grass, or plants, or trees, but only the people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torture them for five months with pain, like the pain of a scorpion sting. And in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. So many locusts swarm out of the pit that they darken the day like black furnace smoke and cover the face of the earth. This demonic army does not behave like natural locusts, for they do not eat plants. Instead, they are instructed to torture humanity. So who is left on earth now? There are four groups of people. The first are the 144,000 Israeli men. 
The second are the survivors who've chosen the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. The first and second groups are sealed on their foreheads with God's name and the name of his Son. The third group are those people who have not chosen Christ, but they haven't chosen Satan either. And the fourth group has chosen Satan. They number in the hundreds of millions. They are the earth dwellers, and they, along with those who have not decided, are hunted down and stung by the demon locust hordes. None from the latter groups escapes Satan's torturous demonic army. The stings are so severe that many attempt to commit suicide, but God prevents death from taking them, for he holds the key to death. During this horrific five-month period, there will be people who attempt suicide, but they do not die. Their mangled bodies will live on in anguish and misery, both from the locust torture and from their self-inflicted wounds. Unimaginable suffering, just like Satan desires. Then in verses 7 through 10, the Apostle John does his best to describe this demonic locust army. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. They had what looked like gold crowns on their heads, and their faces looked like human faces. They had hair like women's hair and the teeth of a lion. They wore armor made of iron, and their wings roared like an army of chariots rushing into battle. They had tails that stung like scorpions, and for five months they had the power to torment people. Pretty horrendous stuff. And in verse 11, we learn about the king of the demonic locust army. And they have as king over them the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in the Greek the name is Apollyon. The first woe is past. Behold, two woes are still coming after these things. Abaddon, or Apollyon, means destroyer. And this describes Satan and his plans for humanity perfectly. His wish is to destroy as many people as possible before they realize they have the choice to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. So, after the demon locust army and the five months of torture, another woe is released upon the earth. This one is far more terrifying as we read in Revelation chapter 9, verses 13 through 16. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice speaking from the four horns of the gold altar that stands in the presence of God. And the voice said to the sixth angel who held the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great Euphrates River. Then the four angels who had been prepared for this hour and day and month and year were turned loose to kill one-third of the people on earth. Then I heard the size of their army, which was 200 million mounted troops. The gold altar is the same altar that burned incense in Revelation chapter 8. The angel attending this altar commands four satanic angels be released from the Euphrates River, where God bound them until this very hour. We do not know from Scripture where these four satanic angels get their 200 million man army, but we do know that this army's job is to kill another one-third of Earth's population. So... 
Why did God chain four such horrific angels in the Euphrates River? We first learn about this river in Genesis 2, 14. The Euphrates is the fourth fork that branches out from the head river that flows away from the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 18, God tells his servant Abram that the river Euphrates will be the eastern boundary of the Promised Land. And it is the land east of this boundary that we need to understand, for the mighty city of Babylon was built along its banks. The first king of Babylon was Nimrod, who was the first one-world ruler and the creator of idol worship and the false god Allah, whose historical name was Baal, or Satan, who is worshipped by the second largest religion in the world today, Islam. Revelation chapter 18 tells us that Babylon will once again become Satan's city, for Antichrist and the false prophet will govern from there. It is no wonder, then, that these four satanic angels have been held in captivity within the water of the Euphrates River, just waiting for Satan's rise and the rebuilding of his special dwelling place. Once again, John does his best to describe this satanic 200-million-man army and their steeds in verses 17 through 19. In my vision I saw the horses and the riders sitting on them. The riders wore armor that was fiery red and dark blue and yellow. The horses had heads like lions, and the fire and smoke and burning brimstone billowed from their mouths. One-third of all the people on earth were killed by these three plagues, by the fire and smoke and burning sulfur that came from the mouths of the horses. Their power was in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails had heads like snakes with the power to injure people. Fire, smoke, brimstone. Interestingly, another one-third of the remaining people on earth are killed by the very same elements that make up the compartments of hell and the lake of fire. Interestingly, too, John is describing as best he can military equipment in modern times. After the sixth trumpet judgment, at this point in the tribulation, half of the world's population is dead. But the question is, at this time, after all this demonic torture and suffering, do the remaining people on earth who have not yet chosen Satan realize that they can escape and choose God? Do the earth dwellers understand the choice that they've made? Revelation chapter 9 verses 20 and 21 tells us, But the people who did not die in these plagues still refused to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. They continued to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their witchcraft or their sexual immorality or their thefts. During the Great Tribulation, we will see a horrific rise in the crime rate, and nobody will do anything about it. Crime and Satan go together hand to hand. I seek the Lord in prayer. O Lord God, hallowed is thy name. 
for you stretch out your hand over earth to protect those who love you. I pray that you would help people realize who you are and how much you love each and every person. I pray, O King of the universe, that you turn people's hearts towards you so that they do not needlessly suffer these horrors and atrocities that are lying in wait for them in future times. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the gift of your Son, that he willingly came to earth, born a man, to die for our sins, and that he redeemed us forever into your everlasting care when he resurrected to live forevermore. Lay the knowledge of this precious gift upon the hearts of all who hear this prayer today, that they may choose the Lord Jesus as their Savior. In your holy name, amen. And so, dear friends, take heed of the Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God today as you seek a deeper personal relationship with Him. Thank you for joining me and know that the Lord Jesus Christ loves you very much. And so do we. Until next week, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen and amen.